Good morning, church. I'm still allowed to pause and I'm like, is it morning or is it afternoon? Then I'm like, oh yeah, it's definitely morning. Uh, The YA um, barbecue is today at Sarah and Laurie's house. Um, So see them afterwards. I'm sure you can tell who Laurie is, not just from the screen, but for the volume. (laughs) Laurie is always the loudest member of the church and we love him for it. Don't we, everybody? The encouragement that he gives. I heard him getting all the young people behind us shouting 10, 9, 8, and so on. Hey, we've got the youth staying in with us today. What a treat. I have seen since you've come back from Rock Nations, those that went, and also those that didn't go, which is amazing because God's doing something very special in our youth. And today, the staying in the service and hearing, you know, because sometimes it could feel like God's speaking to the adults. Well, actually, this service is for everybody. So they're staying in today. I'm sure they're going to take notes because the preachers here are just as good as the preachers in Rock Nations. I'm not saying that's because it's me. By the way, I'm saying it because God speaks through everybody. Amen? So if you're new here today, welcome to your first Sunday at Hope. We look forward to seeing you next week when it's not your first Sunday and it's your home. Um, Because if you've come here today, welcome home. Because this place is home to so many people. And people who walk through the doors of this church, they say they find home. They suddenly feel like they come to somewhere that they belong. And in no time at all, they are active members of the church. So, welcome home. Um, Is anybody taking notes today in whatever form you do that on gadgets, as long as you're not on your social media or sending emails? Um, Pen and paper, I'm a bit of a pen and paper girl myself. Pen and paper, here we go, the youth's putting us all to shame, waving the stuff in the air. And uh, Laurie's doing the gadgets, because listen, God is going to speak to you today in a moment that you don't want to miss. And having pen, paper and gadgets, you get to record that moment. You don't have to go away and try and think what it was and piece it all together, because there's a power in that moment when he speaks. In fact, what we'll do is we'll turn the, the house lights up because any, anyone who's writing on pen and paper may need to be able to see what they're writing because in that moment, there is power. There is a power. There is a light bulb moment when God suddenly drops something into your spirit right. and you see something like you've never seen it before. I'm going to share something with you in a moment that about three months ago, I had that moment. And it has never, ever left me on this one specific thing. But before we start today, we're going to say our declaration together because, you know, it's good to get in the right mindset when we enter the Word of God. It's good to be able to focus, be determined, because I don't turn up to church just to play church. I turn up to church for Him and for you and that he will change me, (laughs) and that I will know him more through his word as I leave and through his spirit. So if you're with me on that today, let's say our declaration. I am a child of God, so I am entitled to all the benefits that brings. Right now, I'm ready to listen to all that God has to say to me, and to respond with faith, belief, and be changed by his word Amen. Do you know that all the good ideas in the world will not change you? The only thing that will change you, will transform you, will be a lasting change is the Word of God. That's why it is so important that we get into the Word of God. For some people that might sound really daunting. You're like, I don't even know where to start. That's okay. Majority of people don't know where to start. But start somewhere. 
Just start somewhere. Start by today taking notes down and then going back home and reading over those scriptures again and read over them again and, and, and eat them and digest them. And I'll tell you something, as you go back over those scriptures, they'll lead you to other scriptures. And as you sit down with those scriptures and you pray to God and you say, God, show me something. Show me, speak to me. His word is alive. His word is alive. His word is powerful and it will meet you just where you are at and nothing will ever compare to it. At the beginning of this week, me and Barry took a trip to Bath or I did get challenged by the pastors whether this week I would call it Bath when I said about it. I was like, listen, I'm just going to make sure it goes in my preach so you can listen back, Betsy, and hear me say Bath because they're all down there, and I'm like, bath. And she's like, it's not bath, it's bath. So we went to bath. Barry's saying bath. I think he thinks he's slightly posher than me. I am. I'm from Liverpool. So, <laughs> yeah. so um, we wandered into Bath C- City, isn't it? Is it a city? Yes, yes. city centre. <laughs> this is a city. Uh, in Somerset. And we wandered in on the first morning with our friends who are pastor of church down there. And we stood... Um, at, the, at the river. We just stood looking over at the river. I was transfixed by this river and the weir that was in the river. Because you see, I've grown up in Warrington and I'm used to Sankey Valley Canal, where you look at it and go, it's a swan. Oh, it's a carrier bag, right? So I'm transfixed by this beautiful river. Yeah, by this beautiful river and by the weir, okay? And I'm watching, and Betsy and Barry and Andrew are are chatting away, and I'm watching, and I'm transfixed by the weir. And as I, I mean, this is a still shot. I'm going to come down. But as I'm looking at the weir, and I'm watching the water, sorry if this throws the technical side out, and I'm watching the water falling down, and it was gushing down, and it was really fast. And as I was looking at it, I looked and I thought, life feels like that sometimes. It feels like there is a constant gush of water trying to take you out. And the power that's in this water, and it feels like there's one thing after the next, after the next, after the next. And I was looking at it, and I'm going to be honest, I thought, you know what, my life sometimes feels like that. And recently, my life has felt like that. It's felt like there's been a gush of water coming down trying to take me out. And then God spoke to me. And when he spoke to me, I knew that that this was for this morning. And this is what he said. They can be waters of drowning or they can be waters of refreshing. And you know something over the years of me knowing Jesus and walking with Jesus? I realized that although there have been some challenges for us over the last few months... I'm no longer in a place where I feel like I'm drowning because I feel like I'm in a place where the waters that are running down and running over me are waters of refreshing that are producing something within me in the challenge. And many years ago, and and, and probably not so long ago, I was in a place where I would feel like it is just one thing after the next and there's no let up. And I feel like I can't get my head above water. And I feel like I'm going to go under. But you know something? Those times when I came to God and said, God, I can't do this any longer, the water switched 
to waters of refreshing that produced something in me and changed something in me and shifted something in me that needed to be shifted. You know, when I've come to God and said, God, I can't do this anymore, I felt God say, at last. Because you were never meant to. Oh, Vicky, you were never meant to. And wherever today finds you, I want you to know that there are waters that you feel are there to drown you. And God is saying to you today, they are waters of refreshing. They are waters of refreshing and they are producing something in you. When we were on holiday in Spain, we went to a water park. And I went in the very young kids section because if I go to a fairground, I'm the bag carrier. Praise the Lord because I don't like rides. And I'm just dreading, like, you might think I've had all these children, so I always get to stay in the children's bit because I'm dreading Charlotte growing older because then I've got no excuse to be on the kids' slides when we go to things like this. And so the older ones, like, asked, Mum, will you go on this? Sophie pleaded with me. I hate anything like that. I was like, no, I'm just going to stay in the children's section, right? The slides were that little. My legs were longer than them, and I was really cool with that. Adam's a bit of a thrill seeker. He'll go on the big slides and everything. He went down one, said he wouldn't go on again. Then Barry wanted to go on it. And Adam's like, I'm not going on it again, Dad, which is something because he's a thrill seeker. And he's like, Dad, I'm not going on it again. And Barry's going, Adam, just come on with me, you know. And he's doing all this to try and get him on. And then in the end of it, Adam, if you go on the slide with your dad, I'll pay you five euros. Boom, <laughs> up the top. Five euros, what is it? Three pound fifty. That's all it took, and he came down the slide again. But at this, all this time, I'm in the kids section with Charlotte. You know, I just have a little bit to do with all these thrill seekers in the family. And Sophie turned into a bit of a thrill seeker, didn't you, Sophie? On the lazy river. <laughs> but I stayed in the kids section because I am the lady in the swimming pool that scowls at children because they splash me. You see, it's all a front when you see me up here and you think I'm so nice. You try splashing me in a wa- in, with water in a swimming pool and I'm telling you now, we will not be friends for very long. So I stay in the children's section. The slides are about this long, but on one particular slide, and I didn't go on the slides, by the way, because that would have been really odd, but I just sat on the side and dangled my feet in the water. It was scorching hot. And there was this one slide and above it was a big barrel And what happened was the water would drip into the barrel, fill it up, fill it up, fill it up, and then all of a sudden it'd go, and it'd tip over, and this ice-cold water would go over. I'm sat on the side like, like this. Um, And you would see all the children. Some would scream in horror, and they would run the other way. Some, it would knock them off the feet. Some chose to run under it, and some actually waited for it to happen. And our Charlotte at first was a little bit freaked out by it, And she would watch it, and she'd get a little bit closer and a little bit closer, and I'm thinking, wow, right, she's going to end up one of these thrill-seekers. I can just see it, because she's approaching the barrel, and it's about to go. And she stood there, and the water went all over, and I mean it was a lot of water, like a lot of water, massive splashes. And she stood there, and she positioned herself right under it, so that when the barrel flipped full force, the ice-cold water would hit her. And then she looked at me, she went, Mommy, it cools you down! I'm like, I'm all right. (laughs) I'll have a Diet Pepsi with some ice in it. (laughs) I'm like, Charlotte, well done. She was like, but mummy, it cools you down. And then you know what she kept doing? She kept going and putting herself under the part where that barrel was going to flip and she was going to get covered. But for some children, that water took them out. 
It took them out, it knocked them off their feet, and they never, ever went back. And for some people in here today, it's funny what Barry said before, because there's some people in here and you feel like it's taking you out. But God wants to say to you today, they are waters of refreshing. If we allow them to refresh us, they are waters of refreshing. This sermon today is, I don't like calling it sermon, that sounds like, I don't know. Um, But this message today is called response time. What is our response time? What happens between something hitting and our our choosing our response and the way that we act? I used to work in A&E and we would get, um, an alarm would go off on the nursing station when there was an emergency coming in. And they would say what that emergency was, and it was an emergency that was going to be life-threatening or massively disabling in some way that would need a crash team at the door to help. And as part of the the message that they would relay to us, one of the things that they would give would be the response time between the 999 call and the crew arriving, of paramedics arriving with the patient. The reason why that bit of information was given, because that time was the most crucial time to save something. And so that was a valid piece of information, an important piece of information that was given. And what I want to say today to you is, I have had times where my response time has been huge. Because I have spent my time under the waters saying, it is taking me out, I am going under, there is no way out of this. And then I've eventually come to a point where I've gone, okay God. But what I want to say now is that my response time is far quicker because God has shown himself faithful to me time and time and time again. Why would I ever doubt? Why would I go anywhere other than God? That doesn't mean I'm perfect. There is not one person in this place who is exempt from the challenges of life. Here was my light bulb moment about three months ago. You know when something negative happens or you read something that's like, you feel like someone doesn't like you or there's a negative thing happens in life and it becomes all-consuming? Does that happen to anybody else? Yeah, yeah? (laughs) It becomes all-consuming. It takes our focus. It's the only thing we can think about. We lose sleep over it. I was listening to a lady. She's a Christian lady called Dr. Caroline Leaf. She's an outstanding speaker. And she talks about the mind, and she talks about our brain. And there are many people throughout the world, doctors, philosophers, who would like to lay claim to understanding and being able to work the human mind. God created the human mind. And this lady helps people, but she points them back to God as well. And she said this, she said, when God created, he created perfection. So God did not program our brains and our minds to receive negativity. He actually created us to receive positivity. That's why when positivity comes our way, it flows through us. It's an easy fit. That's how God made us. God did not create us with sin. He didn't create us with negativity. He didn't create us with bitterness. He didn't create us with jealousy. He created us beautiful, perfect, and in his image. So the reason why we focus and those things become all-consuming is because when they hit this incredible organ that God created, the brain goes, wah, 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 
what do I do with it? Where does it go? And so it becomes all-consuming to us. It becomes our focus. And the thing is, challenges will come and thoughts will come, but it's what we do when they come. Because God created us to receive goodness. He created us to receive blessing. He created us to receive positivity. That's how God created us. You know, sometimes when we say the word positivity, it can make us all feel a little bit like, ooh, mm, positivity, positive thinking. Positive thinking is God's idea. <laughs> thinking goodness is God's idea. It's not something that the world has claimed, you know, it's God's idea. And so when that comes, what the enemy is trying to do, he's trying to capture something that does not belong to him. Our minds belong to God. Our brains belong to God. And he tries to capture it. And he tries to set up a camp in it. And he tries to stay there. And he tries to remain there. Because he's bringing something across our path that was never meant to last up here. It was never meant to live up here. That was not how God created us. And so we frantically try to work out what we do with the negativity. What do we do with it? Our brains are like, where does it go? What do we do? What do we do? And it's trying to find a path through and it's trying to find a route through. So it becomes that we fixate on these things. But Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Let's not Fall into the trap of behaving the way everybody else behaves. If this happens, you're meant to be frightened. If this happens, you're meant to be stressed. If this happens, you're meant to be this. If this happens, what does the word of God say? Because that's where life is. So it goes on to say, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. The mind, the brain, positivity, all of that stuff that other people have tried to lay claim to yeah, come on, right. all came that's right. from the Most High God. That's right. He created us perfectly, yes. completely, completely perfect. By changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. One of the things I've learned is that when those thoughts come, the Word of God says, take them captive. So don't allow them to stay there. Don't allow in that nat- to stay in that natural state where our brains are trying to work out what do we do with it? Why don't they like us anymore? Why, what does this letter really mean? What does this? Instead, I capture the thoughts and I say, okay, God, that massive gush of water that was meant to take me out, God, I am going to position myself for your wisdom. What does the word of God say? I'm not going to allow the thought to take me out because God made me, he created me, he programmed me to receive goodness. So when a challenge comes because we're in a broken world, okay, what do we do with it? What do we do with it? We take it to him. We run it to his word and we say, God, what do we do? And then you see the waters of refreshing. You know what comes in it? Peace, wisdom, power, miracles presence of God that's what comes in the waters of refreshing where the other waters come fear come isolation but it's about capturing our thoughts capturing our thoughts let us not copy the behavior and customs of the world but let us be transformed 
and let God change the way that we think. I said the last six months have been challenging, a challenging few months, but you know what? I can honestly say they've been a victorious few months. I have seen over the last six to 12 months where I am now compared to where I might have been two years ago. I have seen about what the, the, the truth of the word where it says what the devil meant for harm, the Lord turns for good. In your moment, wherever you're at, know this. If you position yourself under waters of refreshing, you are in a victory moment, no matter how it looks. You are in a victory moment. In fact, in the middle of everything that has gone on over the last year or so, you know, I realized that me and Barry had never once thought it would take us out. Never once thought it would drown us because we know God's faithfulness. And you might be sat here thinking, well, I haven't got that confidence, Vicky. I didn't always have it. But I started somewhere. I started to read his word. I started to spend time in his presence. I put myself in, place, in places, in life groups, in that where people would help me and grow me and help me understand the word more. Because he is faithful and you will see it time and time again. If we're only ever consumed by the facts surrounding us, we are not consumed by the truth of God's word. Any facts, any circumstances, any emotions have to come in line with the word of God to live a life of victory. They have to come in because what's happening is the enemy is trying to take us captive. And we're saying, no, 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 I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God and his word is paramount in my life. And so at that point, we go to his word, we get the wisdom and we place ourselves under waters of refreshing. I'm going to read a, a few verses out of the Bible. It's a story out of the Bible. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about it because you'll easily guess what it is. But this man chose waters of refreshing or these men chose waters of refreshing. Their response time to everything that came their way determined the outcome. The outcome of this story is actually incredible. And it's not necessarily what you think the outcome is when I start reading it. This is not just a story that was made up. To make a point, this is something that really happened. In fact, I was reading about a man who went to the site where this happened recently, uh, to the um, excavation site, and he sat in the room where this took place. And to this day, there is a plaque on the wall, and you're probably going to guess some of you who this story is about. And the plaque on the wall, to this day, in this excavation site of the room where these men were, says, for me to live is Christ. To this day, for me to live is Christ. Okay, we're going to pick it up in Acts chapter 16, uh, verse 16. It says, one day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money from her, for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated. I'm going to stop it there for a minute. So she was right. Paul was coming. He was coming. He was pointing people to the Most High God. He was going to tell them how to be saved. She was right. But she was oh so wrong because of the spirit that was within her. Yes. 
When that was going on, it says Paul got exasperated. I can't say this word. Exasperated. I'm going to say annoyed if I have to say it again. Paul got exasperated. But look what happens with his response time. Listen to this. You see, he was walking out God's plan and speaking his truth so others would know the truth it brings. But that brings harassment from the enemy. Okay? When you are walking it out and you are following God and God's call for your life and where you should be, do not be alarmed that you will get harassed by the enemy. This lady was from the enemy. Paul discerned the demonic spirit and knew that was not the Holy Spirit. And so he dealt with it. His response time was fast. He shut it down right there and then. And it goes on to say, he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. In that day, people believed that if there was somebody in the town who had a loss of mind, it actually meant that the gods had put their mind in them. So anything that person spoke out showed power to the gods of their day. So as much as she did call out what Paul was doing, it was important that Paul quietened that spirit and cast it out in the name of Jesus because everybody in the town was listening to what she said, believing it was their gods that were speaking. And Paul had to shut it down in the name of Jesus because what that spirit was trying to do, it was trying to rival. It was trying to rival the Holy Spirit. It was trying to rival what he was doing for Christ. And so he had to shut it down in the name of Jesus. He had to rebuke it in the name of Jesus and it had to be gone in the name of Jesus because he needed to continue his travels that they would know this is the Lord and lives would be changed. So he shut her down in the name of Jesus. The first signs of anything, shut it down because he knew he had a work to do. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted at the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. If there was ever some waters that you thought were meant to take you out, they weren't just thrown into prison. The whole town hadn't just turned against them. The jailer was ordered, do not let them escape. I'm pretty sure those waters could have felt like it was going to take them out and cause them to drown. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Have you ever felt like you've been placed in an inner dungeon? Have you ever felt like you just can't move because everything seems so great? and so overwhelming, and so overpowering, and it's been going on so long, that the longer you stay in that place, the deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper you're getting locked into a dungeon. That it's not just your hands that are in handcuffs, that your feet are in clamps, that there is nothing you can do. These dungeons are not like our prisons nowadays, where you get TV, and you get to do a qualification, These are dark, 
dingy, disgusting, rat-infested, goodness knows what else infested, don't even want to think about it. Places for them to live. All they were doing was following Jesus. (laughs) All they were doing was following the call. They shut down the woman that tried to distract and disrupt. And for that, they were arrested and they were thrown into the darkest place you could probably find in the town. Interestingly enough, they didn't sit and say, God, why have you left me? God, why have you abandoned me? God, why have you done this? We must be doing something wrong. We must be doing something wrong because everything's gone against us. No, they had an assignment from the Most High God. And you know what? The enemy wanted to disrupt it. The enemy wanted to cause chaos. Around midnight, the darkest time of the night, Paul and Silas are in the deepest, darkest dungeon with their feet in clamps. What did they do? They were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. In the deepest, darkest dungeon, under a water that could have taken them out, they chose to position themselves under a water of refreshing. Because they took their eyes off everything that was going on and they lifted their eyes up. And they lifted their eyes heavenward and they began to sing. There's a song at the moment and I absolutely love it. And there's a line in it and it says this. I got a feeling the darkness won't last very long. Because the minute we proclaim the name of Jesus, the minute we put our eyes heavenward, the minute we begin to sing his praises, the darkness has to flee. The darkness has to go. It cannot exist where he is. It cannot exist in his presence. I got a feeling the darkness won't last very long. I've got a feeling the darkness won't last very long. There's another line that says, we'll sing his praise till we see the other side. And I can picture Paul and Silas in this most horrific place. And they're there and they're like, you know what? We'll just sing sing his praise till we see the other side. Are you ready, Silas? Off we go. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. How great is our God. Um, Be still and know that the Lord is in control. I'm healed. I'm forgiven. Look where my chains are now. And they began to sing and sing and sing and sing. And guess what? They were still in chains. And they were still in mess. And they were still in muck. But they turned their eyes heavenward. And they began to sing. They began to sing in their darkest hour. They began to sing. And when they began to sing, things changed. Praise was their response. It is not documented anywhere that they sat and moaned and then went, do you want to have a go at singing? (laughs) Their response time. Praise. Let's praise, let's praise, let's praise, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's praise, let's sing hymns, let's say psalms, let's... They turned that place into waters of refreshing. Into waters of refreshing. Then it says, suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation because darkness cannot stay in the presence of God. 
Darkness cannot stand against the name of Jesus. It may try and rival the name of Jesus. It may try and equal the name of Jesus, but that is all it will do. It will try. It cannot succeed. In his presence are waters of refreshing. It says, all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? You see, when you're under the water of refreshing, it isn't just you it refreshes, it refreshes others. And it draws people in. Because people look and go, how in that crisis are you behaving the way that you're behaving? How in that tragedy? Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not on about that tears aren't shed. I'm not on about things like that. But what I'm on about is we don't remain in the, the, the state of being frantic, of fear, of, of loss of hope. We position ourselves, we somehow drag ourselves back and we say, God, I've got to sit under your waters of refreshing because these waters feel like they're going to take me out. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. They can be waters to drown you or they can be waters to refresh you. It's about our response and our response time. They chose that the waters would be refreshing. They were refreshed in the dungeon because they looked heavenward. You know, when you look heavenward, there is courage in adversity. There is peace in fear. And there is intervention from on high. And that intervention from on high is what will break the chains. That is what will bring you peace. He will give you the courage you need to stand. He will give you the peace. He will give you the strength. He will give you everything that you need. And he, he will intervene from on high. And he will cause an earthquake that will shake the foundations that means all the prisoners are set free. He'll do that bit. All Paul and Silas needed to do was just to keep their eyes heavenward and to make the focus praise and to make the focus the Lord, not them. And then what happened around them People's lives were changed. You know, the outcome of this story the time that Paul spent in this place, those that were introduced to Christ through him began a church that grew. This wasn't just a, a momentary thing that went on and this family got saved and that was lovely. The church grew. The church grew because of Jesus Christ. If you've got a Bible, you'll know the book Philippians. 
you've not got a Bible, you've never read a Bible, we can give you one at the end of the service. The Bible is the world's number one best-selling book. Okay? Which is really good because it's the one that brings life. And salvation and sets the prisoner free. In the Bible, there are many books. There is a book called the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians was written through this moment that happened to Paul. A book that features in the world's best-selling book was written underwater that could have taken them out if they hadn't lifted their eyes heavenward and placed themselves under refreshing. Remember to the day in the excavation site of the prison cell is a plaque that reads, for me to live is Christ to this very day. Because there was a choice here that the waters wouldn't take them out. I'm just going to close with three points. If you're writing things down, we can write, we can go straight into our song. We're going to sing, this is how I fight my battles. We fight our battles by positioning ourselves well under the place of refreshing, where peace is poured out and wisdom is poured out and joy is poured out and strength is poured out. Whatever battle you're in today, those waters that you thought were sent to drown you, they're not. They're sent to refresh you. It's producing something within you. All this that Paul and Silas went through, it was producing something in, that, in them that in 2019 still stands. In 2019 still stands. And millions of people are reading their words because that time was producing something in them that would change the course of history because they positioned themselves for refreshing. Let's stand to our feet as I read these and then we're going to go straight into the song. If I could give you any advice from what the Lord has done in me through coming through storms and challenges and being in many places where I thought I was going to be taken out, don't just trust what is in front of you and allow it to be truth to you. Things will stand in front of you, circumstances will stand in front of you, words will ring in your ears. Don't allow them to be truth to you, okay? Don't take it on board, don't allow it to be truth. Go to the Word of God, find something that contradicts it, and go, no, actually, this is what the Word says, and the Word is truth, the Word is alive, the Word is powerful. Contradict it. Number two, find truth by knowing who God is to you. Don't live your relationship with God through somebody else. Don't live your relationship with God through the preachers up here or through your life group leader. Know God for you. Get to know him. And number three, make a daily choice to renew your mind and to capture those thoughts that are moving you against the truth of the word of God. When something is moving you against and away from that truth, you need to capture that thought straight away and you need to deal with it. And you need to cast it to one side and say, I am not having that. I am not living in that. I am choosing to live under waters of refreshing. Because here's the thing. You do that, the darkness won't last very long. Amen.